0: Well, I'm delighted to uh, help this church and help James, too, because he's a high-energy guy and I love him, but he needs his rest and his vacation, he needs refreshment, so you be praying for him uh, this week while he's with his family. He serves better when he gets a break, too. Uh, I think he might have asked me uh, to speak this weekend because he knows I won't be celebrating anything this weekend. This is not a holiday for me. I mean, let's face it, where I grew up, we didn't celebrate the 4th of July. A lady, a lady said to me uh, in Chicago one time, do you have the 4th of July in Scotland? I said, no, we go straight from the 3rd to the 5th. <laughs> so not only am I not on holiday this weekend, but I'm on the losing side. So I think because I'm a loser with no holidays, he probably asked me to fill in for him because he knew I wouldn't be doing much this weekend anyway. So I'm glad to do it though because I love Cross Point City Church and uh, I love uh, the topic we're speaking on this morning. True story. Back in Scotland, where I grew up, I came to Christ in my 20s, went along to a local church. I had a friend who went to the same church. His name was Alan Wilson. Alan Wilson's father was also called Alan Wilson. Alan Wilson Sr. was an elder in the church. Alan Wilson Jr. decided one Monday night to go to the prayer meeting. They had a Monday night prayer meeting, and he thought, you know what? I need to go and join in The prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting had a list of rules. There was rules attached to this prayer meeting. It was always led by the head elder. And the head elder always started the prayer meeting by inviting one of the other elders to open in prayer and bring us before the throne of grace. And so these were the rules. This is how it happened. My friend Alan Wilson didn't know this. This was his first prayer meeting. He went along to the prayer meeting. Sitting in the front row was the main elder. And Alan, my friend, took a seat right behind him. And unbeknownst to my friend Alan Wilson, Jr., right after he sat down, Alan Wilson, Sr. came in and sat at the back of the prayer meeting. He was a little bit late. Upon seeing Alan Wilson, Sr. come into the building, the head elder in the front row stood up and he said, I'll now ask our brother Alan Wilson to open in prayer. And my friend thought he was talking about him. So he stood up and he started to say, Dear God! At which point he was interrupted by the head elder in the front row who stood back up and said, It's your father! So he stood back up and said, Dear father! (laughs) At which point the elder in the front row jumped back up again and said, It's your father! At which point my friend Alan Wilson jumped back up again and said, My father in heaven! at which point the elder jumped back up in the front row and said, it's your father at the back of the room now, sit down. <laughs> now, there is nothing that will kill a spirit of prayer faster than rules about religion. And I am not here to talk to you this morning about rules, about r- rules regarding religion, except in so far as I'm going to contrast them. What Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount when it comes to prayer is. Uh, revelation regarding a relationship. And so the contrast all the way through the Sermon on the Mount. By the way, the Sermon on the Mount, this series we're in, the greatest sermon ever, that, that's not Jesus on horseback going into Jerusalem on a donkey. That's that's not the Sermon on the Mount, okay? That's at the end of his ministry. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus on the hillside on the north shore of Galilee, giving a, a message to thousands who started following him, a huge crowd of people, and he's at the beginning of his ministry. And And he's beginning to tell them about his father in heaven and about how they can have a relationship with him. And it's revelation regarding a relationship rather than rules about religion. And so let's read what he says to them. He says, ask and it will be given to you. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? And so, in case you are saying to me, Peter, just help me clarify, what is revelation regarding a relationship? What does that look like? Well, let me ask you to play along with me a little bit here. Supposing I ask, well, actually I actually have asked. I've asked one or two people to help me, and I'm going to ask uh, S.J. to come on out right now, uh, because uh, S.J.'s, this, by the way, is Susie Jordan, Susie and Glenn Jordan's daughter. This is wee Susie. She's not so wee. <laughs> this is wee Susie, and uh, she's going to help me, because I asked uh, S.J. to uh, write down before the service started on a card a couple of things about my father. I asked her to, to tell you about his um, what was it again? His height, his uh, hair, and his weight. So here we go, SJ. Let's go. Okay, I said that he was five nine, He had brown hair and he was two hundred fourteen Okay, right. Let's ask uh, uh, Jill to come out. And Jill is likewise going to tell you about my father. Jill, could you please tell the congregation his height, his hair, and his weight? Yes, I said he was six foot, gray hair, and 175 pounds. Okay, let me ask you a question. If I was to ask you to vote now, tell me who you would vote for. Who do you think was right? Was my father, is my father more likely to be five foot? (laughs) Are you laughing at (laughs) is my, you're going to give me the giggles too if you keep this up. Is my father five foot nine, she's tall with brown hair and 214 pounds. How many vote for SJ? Okay. Oh, ooh, I think yeah, it's your mom. It's, I think she's, okay. There's a good number of votes out there. How many think Jill's right? Six foot tall, gray hair and 175 pounds. How many would agree wow. with Jill? Ooh, you got beat again. Wow. Two services in a row. Well, thanks, girls. Oh, no, stay here one second. We've got one more thing to add. Okay. Now, if I said to you at this point, okay, let's divide up the room, and we could start arguing with each other. You could start producing reasons why you thought Jill was more right, and some of you might convince the others to join you. Others might side with, and we could could have a good old ding-dong battle over this, but you know what? It would all be a, opinion because none of you have met my father. Now, I'm going to ask Zach to come on out, and he's going to share with us what he thinks about my father, his height, his uh, uh, hair, and his weight. He's 5'10", has gray hair, and he weighs 185 pounds. Whoa, how did, how, that's exactly right. How did you know that? Peter gave me this card this morning with the information filled out already. So. Oh, wait a second. Give them a round of applause as they go off. You kind of get the point, don't you? Okay, the first two were just opinions. And you know what? I'm not here to argue religious opinions this morning. Your opinion about prayer is as good as my opinion about prayer, and they're both equal to nothing, okay? But when it comes to revelation, see, Zach was speaking from, he's never met my father, but I have. I told him what my father was like. I actually wrote it down for him. And what we have here is a book that's written down for our benefit, coming from Jesus the Son, that tells us exactly what his father is like. That's revelation. So much more significant than opinions that we could argue about with each other. And it gets even more critical because if I was to say to you, if you say to me, uh, Peter, I have a, I have a need. I, let's say it's a financial need. I have a financial need. And I'd say, oh, that's, I come from a wealthy father. I don't as it happens, but he is good with money, but then all Scots are. But I, I said, oh, my father's incredibly wealthy. And you said, well, do you think he would help me? I said, yeah, absolutely. And you said, well, how, how, what's the best way to get in touch with him? I said, well, he's not got email and he doesn't do cell phones. Uh, but he does do the phone, the old phone with the wires attached. And uh, you need to give him a call or write him a letter, but better give him a call because you get directly to him. Here, I'll give you his number. And then you might say to me, well, will they take a call from someone like me? I say, oh, absolutely. He loves Americans. And he especially loves people that know me. So if you just tell him, you know me, he'll take your call. but, but, Do you think he's likely to give something to someone like me and say, absolutely, I can tell you all kinds of people he's given things to. What am I doing? I'm adding to your revelation about my father so you know how to approach him. That's what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount about all kinds of topics, but especially about prayer. You may remember I was here last year speaking about prayer in Matthew 6. And I talked about, do you remember the A, B, C, D of prayer? If you don't go back and listen to the message, A, B, C, D. Those of you that were here listening, talk, what was it? Ask boldly, because he cares deeply. And I told you at that time, look, I suck at prayer. Can I just be honest? I haven't got any better this last year. I really don't. I still suck. I asked James if I could say this again. I still suck at prayer. Okay, I do. Say, so, well, what in the heck would our pastor ask a guy who sucks at prayer to come back twice for? Well, here's, here's why. Because prayer has nothing to do with you or me so much as it is to do with the Father in heaven and our understanding of how to approach Him and how much He wants to hear from us. And so last year, I said, ask boldly because he cares deeply, A, B, C, D. And this morning, I want to talk about the art of prayer in that asking. How, how do you come to him? Why, what is the way that he asks us? My father, I would tell you, hey, my father likes phone calls, anybody who knows me, and he loves meeting your needs, okay? Revelation. What's Jesus' revelation about his father? Let's look at it together. First, first point is this. Uh, be asking. I know it's not great English, but it's exactly what this passage is saying. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Nine times in four verses, Jesus uses a word ask or a word like it to tell us to come and to ask. He repeats it three times here. Ask, seek, knock. It's a way of saying, if you were texting somebody and you said, ask, and then you said, ask, exclamation mark, and then you said, ask all caps. What are you doing? You're shouting. <laughs> That's what Jesus is doing. Three times it's repeated, like, holy, holy, holy. Ask, seek, knock. He's, he's repeating it so that we get the point, so that it drives at home. Keep on asking is what it's really saying. Here's a better translation. Uh, uh, it's uh, the Greek word, and by the way, you all know I know a little Greek, right? He runs a ministry in Athens, and he's a terrific young guy. But apart from that, I also know a little Greek language. And so the word in Greek is actually a word that's better translated, keep on. In English, you can, it's the same word. If, I, if I'm driving with, with my wife and we see a stop sign and she goes through, I say, stop. That's punctiliar. Now, that would be like the aorist tense in Greece, which means stop right now. And if she goes to the next sign and she goes through the second sign, what would I say to her? Keep on stopping keep on stopping. Don't just do it once. Keep on doing it. Well, the Greek word is the keep on doing it word. Keep on asking. It's, a, it's, a, it's an imperative. Keep a command, and it's a present imperative. Keep on asking. Keep on doing it. Keep on coming before him. And so a better translation would be this. Keep on asking for something to be given to you, and it shall be given to you. Keep on seeking and you shall find. Keep on res- reverently knocking and it shall be opened to you. And so it's progressive. Ask implies that I'm coming to someone and I'm getting something like instructions or directions. Seek implies that I'm going somewhere with these directions or instructions and I'm doing something. Uh, so it, it implies movement. It implies obedience. It implies going somewhere with something after having got the instructions or directions. Knock implies that I've come to a place, the, the destination, and I'm now at the place of my destination, and in order to get in and meet the person in the house, I've got to knock on the door. There's a relationship at the end of the process. And Jesus is saying, oh, yeah, sometimes you don't get answers to prayer right away. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. My father's home. If you said to me, Peter, I tried that number you gave me, and no one answered, I would say, keep on calling. Keep on calling. I know he's there. And so Jesus is saying, ask, seek, knock. Be asking, be seeking, be knocking. It's a command. You do not have because you do not ask. James, uh, 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 James, in chapter four, verse two, says that. I told you last year that when we were growing up in Scotland, I've got four brothers and sisters. We used to say this to each other all the time. When one of us would make a request of the other, "Well, I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't." I loved saying that to my brothers and sisters. "I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't." Really, I was saying I don't want to be bothered. I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. Some of us think that's what God's saying to us when we come to Him with our prayers. You, ha, I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. Okay, no, no, no. God is saying something more like this. I can, I'm all-powerful. And I will, and here's the tough part, but I won't until you ask. That the God of the universe would operate within the realm of our requests staggers me but it's true Jesus revealed it to us and and so this is uh, Jesus telling us the things we need to know he's he's saying to us look ask he's got the power and the clout to bring it about we would say in Scotland he's got the power and the clout he's sovereign he rules the universe but he loves to be asked that is that is staggering i I was in, uh, before I went into ministry, I was in the oil industry. We uh, built a huge project. I was part of the project management team that put together this uh, project and built it. And at the end of it, a member of the royal family came to open it. And so for an hour with about half a dozen other members of the project management team, we had to meet in a room, not with the member of the royal family, but with their advanced team. They're equerries and ladies-in-waiting who actually instructed us about how to approach royalty and majesty, and they give us all kinds of instructions about what to do, what not to do, don't put your hand forward, wait until you're spoken to, All that. and then they said this, and under no circumstances are you to ask for anything. Oh, really? I'm almost, I almost wanted to go, well, watch that. No, I didn't, but... <laughs> Under no circumstances are you to ask for anything. And here's the king of the universe, Lord of lords, God of gods, sovereign of sovereigns, who's watched Nero and Caesar Augustus and Caligula and and Charlemagne and others. Come and go. The God of the universe says to you, ask. Ask. Be asking. Don't just ask but be asking. Be asking. Why does he tell us this? Oh, he he tells us because he he wants to, and I found myself driving here this morning with my wife in the car and I'm saying to her, how do I even begin to share? I, I could share from now till next Sunday all the stories where I've asked and God has done something that is supernatural that I could not do. And I found myself saying, do I I share about starting to pray for Elton John, speaking at a service where I felt God saying to me, you need to publicly share that you're praying for Elton John. I publicly shared it in fear and trembling, and a woman jumped up and said, my brother just led Elton John's bodyguard to faith in Christ. Not three or four weeks later, a guy comes up to me at the end of the service. He's English. He says, I'm the chaplain of Manchester United Football Club. I heard you were praying for Elton John. I'm at your church this morning, and I'm going to see him this week. Do you want to come with me? I mean, this is you can't explain this in human terms. Do I, do I share with you about the the, the president, the leader of a worldwide hotel chain who I saw in the news, Becky and I were on the West Coast, and I just said to Becky, oh, he's in so much trouble. Somebody needs to lead him to Christ. We flew back to Atlanta, not three weeks later, I'm sitting at a dinner party, and the guy in the news was at the seat next to me. And three months later, I led him to faith in Christ. Ha, you can't explain this. This is impossible to explain. Do I tell you, here's the one I want to share with you this morning. Back when I was pastoring, we did a, a Beatles musical. Yes, it's allowed, Southern Baptists. We did a Beatles musical. And what we, this, this isn't my congregation from the 70s. This is about 2002. This is the cast of the Beatles musical. And we, we used the music of the Beatles, played with a contemporary band, with the, the storyline of some people traveling through the Beatles era, uh, struggling with spiritual questions, and in the end, we shared the gospel. It was a fantastic production. We did it over several years as well. And about two weeks before we did this musical, I happened to notice uh, that the... the. Uh, manager of Apple Records, the Beatles manager in the 1960s and 70s, had come to faith in Christ, and he'd written a book called The Beatles, The Bible, and Bodega Bay. His name is Ken Mansfield, and it's the only book ever approved by Yoko Ono on the story of the Beatles. And he went through everything with them. He was on the rooftop with that famous last rooftop concert. He was up there standing beside Yoko Ono. He traveled all over the world with them, went to the ashrams in India, did drugs with them. He did the whole works. And then just a few years before, us, before this musical we did, he came to faith in Christ. So I picked up the phone. First of all, I stopped and I asked God, please, God, please help me somehow get in touch with this guy. picked up the phone, called him when I found his number. And I described what we were doing. He said, oh, Peter, if there's ever anything, I've never done anything like this before. He does now. He travels full-time doing it. But he said, I've never done anything. Nobody's ever asked me. But if there's ever anything that I should speak at, it's this event. So I said, well, what's, what's the problem? He said, two problems. I'd already told him we had no money. We spent all our money putting the musical on. I said, we're flush out of money. He said, there's a bigger problem than that. He said, I've got leukemia, and my doctor's told me I can't travel. And so we talked a little bit further. I said, said, Ken, look, you you have not because you ask not. Would you mind very much if I prayed? I, I don't want to trivialize your circumstances, but would you mind very much if I prayed that if God wants you in Atlanta in two weeks' time, He would deal with the finances and the leukemia? He said, oh, please. I said, in fact, tell what I'm going to do I'm going to get my congregation to pray. See, because I believe you ask not because you have not. Be asking, be asking. And so you can be asking about all kinds of things. You need to be asking uh, instantly, anytime, always, often, repeatedly. There's all kinds of ways to be asking. But what Jesus is saying is be asking because if you're a be-asking kind of Christian, you will become a be-receiving kind of Christian. There isn't any two other ways about it. Be asking leads to be receiving. And so he says, Matthew 7, 7, it will be given to you. You will find, the door will be opened to you. And 10 different times using different words, Jesus says, if you're a be asking, you'll become a be receiving. Three times, triple promise, given, find, opened. Caps, shouting, you'll find, you'll find, you'll find. You'll become a be receiving kind of Christian you'll keep on receiving. It's progressive. And Jesus even repeats it because he doesn't need to say verse 8. He's already told us everything we need to know in verse 7. But look at verse 8. He emphasizes this again. He says, for what? For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. He's actually emphasizing this again. Uh, Again, I told you, I know Greek. I'm an important person, okay? I'm a scholar. I know Greek. Do you know what the word in, in in Greek, the word for everyone actually means? Do you want to know what it means? Everyone. Everyone. Okay? It's real simple. It's everyone. In fact, I would say it this way. It's anyone and everyone. That's what Jesus is really saying. He's really saying, look, look, don't listen to rules regarding religion about prayer. It's not going to... Here's Jesus giving us a revelation regarding a relationship, and he says, Everyone, anyone. I, you know, when I hear people say, Oh, God, you know, do you think God answers prayers from people who don't believe in Jesus? Of course I do. How do you think I became a Christian? I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't go to church. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't read the Bible. I didn't like Christians. So how are you so sure, Peter, he answered his prayers? Because I was praying this over and over. Oh God, I don't know if you exist, but if you do, please speak to me. Oh God, I don't know if the Bible's true, but if it is, please show me one day. Oh God, I don't believe in Jesus, and I don't like people who do, but if he's your son, please show me sometime, someplace, somehow, somewhere, if all that is true. And I prayed that for years and years and years before I ever became a Christian. So if you're here this morning and you're maybe excluding yourself from asking, I'd encourage you, if you're not yet in a relationship with Jesus, go ahead and ask him that. Amen. Ask him. Amen. Just tell him. He, oh, he delights in hearing those kind of, in fact, Amen. I think he likes those kind of prayers better than some of the ones I pray. Can I tell you that? See, I've got two kids. I've got, I've got a, a, a son called Colin, who's a prodigal, and I've got a daughter called Fiona, Fiona went with me all over the world when she was a teenager and uh, worked with orphans while I was doing pastor's conferences. Then she went to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. She did a degree in urban ministry. In fact, Fiona called me one night saying, Mom, Dad, pray, pray, pray. We're sharing about Jesus with guess who? Victor, who's leading worship this morning. We're sharing Jesus with Victor. That's, it's exciting for me to see him up here leading worship because we prayed. He came to Christ. Fiona's now in urban ministry, living and ministering in gangland Chicago. I've got a Google alert that comes to me every time there's a killing anywhere within a mile of her home, and I get several of these a week. But she's sold out to Jesus, absolutely sold out, and I've got a son who's a prodigal. Now, let's suppose they both come home from the weekend, and let's suppose Colin says to me, "Ah, Dad, uh, I've got something to ask you, something I need you to do. How quick do you think I'm going to answer his request? Oh, a New York split second. I'll be saying, oh, tell me what it is. What can I do for you? Why? The fact that he's a prodigal, does that make any difference? None whatsoever. In fact, that he's a prodigal. In fact, the fact that he's a prodigal probably means I want to answer his request even quicker. And yet I go into my study and here's my daughter Fiona. And she's got papers spread all over the study piles of papers, piles of notes, and she's writing something down. And I say, Fiona, what are you doing? She says, well, Daddy, I, uh, I've got something I want to ask you. I say, well, tell me what it is. No, 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 no. I'm not ready to ask you yet. Instead, I've printed out all the emails you've ever sent me, and I'm going back over them, and I'm rereading them. In fact, Daddy, I've memorized some of them. I say, what for? Well, I just want to make sure that I remember how to approach you and what to say to you and what not to say to you. And I I, I would say, Fiona, this is crazy. You see where I'm going with this? You know what I find in the church at large? You know what breaks my heart, especially for people who are in ministry and leading churches, that we can spend so much time. Speaking about His Word, teaching about His Word, memorizing His Word, trying to understand it, how to approach Him, what to say to Him, what not to say him. and we end up with so many rules about religion, and the one thing we lack in doing is we lack coming to Him and asking Him for what we want. And I want to tell you, that's why I'm so thrilled to be at Cross Point City Church. I really am because I think there's something going on here. It's led by a pastor, elders, and staff who are wanting to press into God in this area and asking God, asking God, because we're meant to be a supernatural people. I love James. I love his teaching. I love the fact that he's a man's man. He tells it like it is, and I love watching God work through him, but I want to tell you something. I don't want just what Jay, and neither does he, what he can do in the natural. I want to to see what God can do in the supernatural with him. And if you want to see that too, you've got to ask God for that. Here's what Hudson Taylor said. Hudson Taylor said this about the church. We're a supernatural people, born again by a supernatural birth, kept by a supernatural power, sustained on supernatural food, taught by a supernatural teacher from a supernatural book. We're led by a supernatural captain in right paths to assured victories. Do you agree with that? Well, there's only one way to be that, and it's not more Bible study. Don't get me wrong. I love the Bible. It's revelation. But it's revelation regarding a relationship in which you can come and ask God and see God do supernatural things through this church in your life, and the lives of your friends and family here. So I said to Ken Mansfield, do you mind if I share this with the congregation? Sunday morning, I stood up. I spoke to him on the Friday, stood up on Sunday morning, told the church, we're all looking forward to the Beatles musical, but we've got an opportunity to have the guy that toured the world with the Beatles, who was their manager, come and speak to us because he's now become a Christian. Except for two things that are problems. Number one, he's got leukemia and told not to travel by his doctor. And number two, he's got no money. Can we pray? And so the whole congregation prayed. I called Ken back on Tuesday morning and he said, Peter, you're not going to believe this. And I felt like saying, Oh, yes, I just might. You go ahead and tell me I'm ready for this. Because I'd prayed, I'd asked God. And so. Uh, Ken said, Well, first of all, he said, the most incredible thing happened at the weekend. I went to my mailbox. I got a letter from a, an organization called Walk Through the Bible. Have you ever heard of them? I said, Of course I have. They're here in Atlanta. He said, That's what's so great. They've invited me to come. They want to put me on the cover of their magazine, and they're paying all my expenses to come to Atlanta anytime I want in the next few months. I said, Right, there we go. That's number one dealt with. You're coming. What about the other bigger issue? He said, Peter, this is what's most stunning of all. I went to my doctor yesterday. I told him about the possibility of a trip and I just wanted to make sure that his, his orders were don't travel under any circumstances. And I don't know all the details of what he told me exactly. I can't remember them all, but he said something about his white blood cell counts and basically his leukemia had gone in the opposite direction from where it was going. And his doctor was speechless and he was dumbfounded. And he said, Peter, my doctor told me there's absolutely nothing stopping me from traveling. Now, listen, Listen, I want to see that kind of stuff. I, that's why I'm at this church, people. I don't want to waste my time. Look, here's, you know what discipleship is for a lot of churches? And I say this, it's just so sad. You get somebody to become a Christian and you teach them how to do the do's and don't the don'ts. Amen. And then you get a whole congregation of people who are all doing the do's and don'ting the, do, the don'ts. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> And then we're surprised why nothing supernatural is happening. When God says, if you will ask, you will receive. And so we need to be a congregation that's asking, like James and the others who are wanting to pray. That's why they put up these prayer requests during the morning services. That's why they're doing prayer retreats. That's why they're having the first Thursday of the month as a prayer time. And I want to encourage you to come to that. I will have to say this. Unfortunately, this is the first time I can't do it. I'll be at the Grandfather Mountain Highland Games at the opening ceremonies on Thursday night. I won't be here, but I hope you will. I'll be praying in spirit, and I hope you'll be praying here. So listen, be asking, be receiving, be trusting. That's the final point, be trusting. How much more, Matthew seven eleven will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? He says, oh, you you don't, you don't give your, your kid your son. A snake, when he asks for a fish, do you? By the way, Jews would never have eaten snakes. They were considered unclean. So, this is reprehensible to a Jew hearing this. You wouldn't give him a snake. That'd be disgusting, evil. That would be unclean. That would be the worst possible thing. And you don't give him a stone when he asks for bread. Unthinkable again. Jesus isn't expecting an answer to this question. It's a rhetorical question. The answer is, no, of course I wouldn't. Then Jesus is pretty much saying, well, as bad as you (laughs) are… And you know how to get good, good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven not give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? You see, uh, some of you might be saying, "Well, well, Peter, but if I start praying like you're suggesting, is God always going to answer my prayers with a yes, no?" No. In fact, God will say a number of things. He'll, he'll, he'll possibly say no. Slow, grow go but always yo <laughs> it's relationship it's re- you, see, you you i've got a prodigal son i'm going to god about him he's been a prodigal for about 10 years Do you think i've not been praying to you? of course i have you know what god no 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 not going to answer that request right now see so, some, sometimes sometimes it's the request that's wrong so my request has become more god give me Supernatural love for a prodigal son. That's my request. So, no, sometimes the request is wrong. Slow, sometimes the timing is wrong. Peter, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that, but not now. There's a reason why I'm not answering that question, that that request. Sometimes it's grow. Sometimes we come to God in prayer, we ask Him for something, and as we're spending time keeping on asking, we've not yet received, we've been knocking, but the door's not been opened, God will say to us, here, here's something I want you, here, grow. See, we ask, He gives us the direction and instructions, we begin to seek. And I'll tell you, this will happen to you over and over. You take seriously about asking, God will give you directions and instructions. And as you follow those in obedience, you will be growing even before your prayer's answered. So grow. Sometimes it's go. Of course, Peter, I'll do that. That answer with Ken Mansfield was in one weekend. I don't understand that. But that's what it was. Sometimes it's go. But it's always yo. You know what yo is, right? First Philadelphians. Rocky. Yo, Adrian. (laughs) Okay? It's just a greeting. It's, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, hey. Yeah, you got some things you need, that's great, but oh, I'm so glad to hear from you. Oh, I've got my eye on you. You want to hear that from God? Oh, I've got my eye on you. Oh, I love hearing from you. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, if you called my father and you told him you were a friend of mine, he'd say, Oh, how's Peter doing? Oh, it's so good to hear from you. Oh, I love Americans. What can I do for you? You know? Well, your father in heaven, whether he says, No, slow grow or go, it's Always, yo, always. And so you have the privilege of coming to him and asking, asking him to answer your prayers. It's always, 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 yo. You know, uh, we, we could go on a long time. We could have a, a dramatic ending, people at the front for prayer. And I'm, they, look, there's always a place for that. But let me tell you what there's also a place for There's also a place for when you hear a message like this saying, right, I want to be part of what's going on at Crosspoint, I want to become a be asking, be receiving, be trusting kind of Christian. And one of the ways God will give you to do that is just to engage in what's going on here. First Thursday night, first Thursday night, July the 7th, it's easy for you, it's 7-7 at 7, 7th of July, 7th month at 7 p.m., this is, I think this is the only month that will happen, so you better be here, no? Okay, Uh, you come to this prayer meeting, Okay. I'll guarantee you, nobody's going to stand up and say, it's your father. <laughs> because they don't do rules regarding religion here. They're all about relationship from revel- regarding, re- revelation regarding relationship. And they're all about pressing into God and asking him, so come on Thursday night. And then also there's coming up a series of Wednesday night events in July, July 13th, 20th, and 27th. And I will just tell you, see that first one, learning to pray? I'm teaching that. And I don't care about who the other teachers are because I'm just giving a shameless plug for my seminar, okay? No, no, just kidding. No, you've got, there's other good teachers. James is one of them. Zach's another. Sam Burton. So there's other people teaching other classes too. But I'm going to be teaching learning to pray and we are going to learn to pray. We're going to, we're going to pray together. We're going to talk about prayer together. We're going to talk to God together. We're going to ask him for things. I'm going to talk about what the Bible, but one thing we will not be doing, we will not be having piles of paper all over the room, memorizing emails or whatever else. We are going to be praying and talking and praying together. So are you with me? Can you let me go to the Highland Games on Thursday night and I won't be there, but you promised me some of you. How many of you are planning to come to that? Would you just tell me right now? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Even though I won't be there, you will. That's great. Let's pray together as we close. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you love us, that you're the king of the universe, the king of the universe. You don't give us instructions never to ask you anything when we come into your presence. You're sovereign. You're majestic. You're the ruler of all. And yet through your son Jesus, you have told us specifically and clearly that we are to come and ask you not once, repeatedly, often, always, incessantly, to ask, to seek, to knock. And so we make a commitment to do that today, tomorrow, next week, Thursday night, the Wednesday nights as we learn about prayer, Sunday mornings as we see the requests going up on the screen, that we would become a people of prayer that know you and know the the supernatural things that you can do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.